Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. I hope all is well with each and every one of you and that you are safe. It's been a long five or six weeks of stay at home for everyone, and hopefully at this time next month, our day-to-day lives will be returning to normal, if only in a small way. So hang in there. The battle is far from over, but as we are all aware, we have to get back to work and get the economy rolling and be safe at the same time. The sporting scene is still at a standstill. About the only thing going on has been college football recruiting. Nothing seems to stop that. Our guest today says it's been a good month for Jim Harbaugh and his staff, and we still could end up with a top 10 class by the time signing day arrives. Joining me next on our game day segment is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports here on The Michigan Man, so stay with us. Here with us on our game day segment this week is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports with a recruiting update, and yes, we actually do have recruiting updates. Good to have you back with us, Steve. Uh, hey, Mike. Yeah, recruiting's like the only thing that like hasn't really stopped since then. So they've been recruiting pretty hard. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, there's uh, been no news basically uh, regarding sports at all. We know it's at a standstill. So yes, recruiting has at least kept our attention. I thought, Steve, we could start off with uh, Michigan's nine hard commits uh, as of right now. Just a quick review. I know a lot of our listeners and your readers, of course, have been keeping up on this, but just to get your thoughts on the nine guys we have committed right now, and starting with J.J. McCarthy, and he's been committed since May of last year, so he's been around a long time, a lot of print uh, about him, 6'2", 195, and from what everyone says, we got the real deal in this guy. Yep, five-star level guy, uh, rock solid to the staff still. Uh, yeah, like you said, until whoever their third commitment was, I think maybe it was Crippen, um, McCarthy had been the last commitment since before that. So they almost went a full calendar year without a 2021 commitment, which is actually kind of crazy. So, uh, but no, McCarthy, as you'd, you know, the cornerstone of the class, right? I mean, he's the, I believe he's the yeah, ranked quarterback they've gotten under Harbaugh, um, you know, sky-high ceiling, We'll see if he's like a a guy who can come in and compete right away. I suspect, you know, you don't ever want to have to maybe rely on a true freshman to come in and compete right away, but he might be just good enough to enter that conversation on his talent alone. So uh, I think the one thing I know our analysts are looking for to see how he physically develops heading into his, his senior year, or at least this the calendar year, I guess, until he graduates or whatever. So uh, that was one little thing. I know they've been looking at with him, but yeah, I mean, he's the real deal. And and also a guy very passionate about his commitment to the staff and, and has been kind of doing that whole uh, recruits, recruiting other recruits type deal. So, uh, so yeah, great, a great centerpiece to have in your class. It's always nice to have a, an elite quarterback, an elite visible, nationally visible quarterback uh, committed to your staff. So really can't say enough about how important he is for them right now. Yeah, and he likes to talk. He doesn't uh, mind telling you what he thinks about Ohio State either, does he? No. Um, you know, it's a weird, the 2021 quarterback deal, very fascinating, like, carousel, because, you know, Ohio State, he was actually pretty interested in Ohio State. 
Michigan came in. Notre Dame was involved too. Ohio State kind of moved forward with a kid named Kyle McCord, who's not he's ranked lower than McCarthy, but not much lower. I mean, he's he's also an elite like quarterback prospect. But yeah, you know, I mean, right now there's a kid named Miller Moss out of uh, Walnut Hills, California, I believe is where he's from. Is a top fifty prospect in the country. Uh, I think Michigan could have easily gotten him if they had not taken McCarthy. And he's down to Alabama, USC, UCLA, and I think LSU or something like that. Uh, so Michigan, almost like no matter what, I think was going to end up with a big time guy in this class. You know, but McCarthy, yeah, it was really weird how it panned out. You know, you had Tyler Buckner commit to Notre Dame, uh, and then you had McCord commit to Ohio State. And, and McCarthy was kind of there. You know, I had a hunch the first time I talked to him that he was really going to like Michigan. And he also has somebody on his high school staff who's pretty high uh, on Michigan. And that, that hunch kind of turned out to be correct. So, you know, really funky kind of cycle for Michigan at quarterback, at least back then, because they, they almost had their choice of two, like, really big-time options because Moss is an, an amazing quarterback prospect, too. Well, since we last talked, which was, I think, in early March, we've had uh, we've had several commits. One of them has been a local kid that you and I have talked about, Giovanni Elhadi. He's from Sterling Heights-Stevenson. He's an offensive tackle. He committed on the 19th of March. 65285 uh, talk about him for a minute. So Gio's been committed for a long time as well. I think a five-star potential guy too. He's not quite ranked in the five-star range right now, but he's steadily has moved up throughout. He's sort of the would you say like a trying to think of a good comparable. Not I wouldn't say quite Mason Cole. He doesn't quite have that versatility, I think, but he is he could project a tackler guard. I mean, the difference with Cole is that he could have played any five positions. Uh, on the field at offensive line. You know, with El Hadi, I think he's tackle or guard. Uh, you know, that may depend on how Michigan finishes out up front where his future might be. But uh, another guy, actually, was a guy when, when Michigan offered, he had picked up, he had had a decent amount of offers. I think he was starting to kind of get some momentum. Uh, Michigan came in. That's the offer he'd always wanted. It's kind of one of those types of deals, quick decision. And yeah, ever since then, his, his ranking has taken off. I mean, he was at the Under Armour Future 50. A few months ago, did really well. Uh, so, yeah, he sits somewhere like in the top 75, I think. And, and as a guy, again, I mean, depending on if he has a senior season uh, and his film is good, because I believe he'll be at one of the All-Star games, you know, he'll have ample opportunity for those who care if he moves up or not, uh, you know, to do that. So, but again, you, you have El Hadi and McCarthy were the two guys that committed early to build around. You know, you can't really ask for a much better start there. You know, a, a potential tackle. To protect the five-star quarterback. Well, April's been a pretty good month for us. Uh, it started on April 2nd, I think, with Lewis Hansen. Tight end uh, from St. Sebastian's in Needham, Massachusetts. Uh, 6'4", 222. I've seen some tape on him. Looks like a pretty nice player. Yeah, so plays basketball, which is one of the things that Michigan and a lot of schools around the country seem to look at. Not necessarily basketball, but that they excel in another sport. He was right there with uh, Fedone. Thomas Fedone and Brock Bowers at the time as guys who I think the staff were probably their top three targets at tight end. So for them to get hands in this early, I think was a pretty significant pull. Massachusetts again, uh, Michigan, obviously it's clear investing a lot of uh, resources and a lot of time into trying to take the best kids out of the state of Massachusetts. I think Boston College hates Michigan right now uh, because of what they're doing in Massachusetts. So uh, you know, another, yeah, another nice bull. Of course, naturally, people want to compare him to Sean McCune, 
because they're both from Massachusetts, but I actually like Hanson's film more than I did McCune. Uh, McCune was recruited because he had a really good, like a off-season camp. His athletic numbers, his testing numbers were really strong. Uh, Hanson has good testing numbers, but he also has what I think is pretty darn good film too. So yeah, it's a big, that's a nice one for them. I mean, they only took the one tight end last cycle in Hibner, missed on Theo Johnson late. And then I think kind of banged that thinking that they tried it. They really, really need to take two this cycle. So to get Hanson in the boat early allows them to maybe pursue, well, Fidone is really the guy that they're after, but, uh, you know, to, to maybe focus on some other guys for that second spot. Well, on April 12th, we hit the uh, Cast Tech pipeline again. Uh, Raheem Anderson, 6'3", 298, offensive center, and he uh, he looks like the real deal, doesn't he? So this is one I think, yeah, Michigan – so Greg Crippen, who we haven't talked about yet, committed early, earlier than Anderson did. Crippen could project a center. Uh, I think when he committed, I think the big question was, would that shut Anderson out? Because I think the sense was always that Anderson favored Michigan. I think that was the smartest decision Michigan has made this cycle was still staying the course with Anderson because I think he's going to be a really, really good player. I think he's a potential future captain type guy uh, great story about him that I was reading was that he showed up to cast tech as a true freshman and said that he was going to take whoever's job, whoever their, whoever their center was at the time. He said, I'm going to come in here and take this guy's job. And he did. Uh, so he'd be a four year, you know, again, if they play this season, he'll be a four year starter at center. And I believe will at least be a two time captain. I assume he'll be a captain this year, but, uh, I don't remember if he was one as a sophomore or not, but really just one of those guys. I think I know the, their staff couldn't say enough good things about him. And I thought his film was really, really good. So that, you know, as far as they can, that's an in-state guy to me. If you're Michigan, you need to take that kind of guy. Uh, Four-star level kid at a program like Cass Tech where you've done so well at, who, yeah, has the makeup and the ability to kind of be a leader up front you know, for your guys. So yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Cause like I think I said, when they took Crippen, I think there was a question on whether or not Anderson, if there was room for him, if they would take two guys who could project the center. And you got to remember they took Reese Atterbury last cycle, who some people think might project the center as well. So, you know, I, but in my opinion, the right move, I think Anderson is a guy that will play a lot of football at Michigan. You've mentioned Greg Crippen. He's the other center, of course, an IMG Academy kid, 6'4", 285. He committed, as you mentioned earlier, on the 25th of March. His coach down there at IMG Academy just thinks he uh, he's going to walk in and play center, but he thinks he can move around, too. Very talented kid, another great get. Yes. So Crippen was committed to Notre Dame for a while. That kind of slowed down a little. I mean, I, I'd be, I wouldn't, I guess I'd be remiss not to just say it. it felt like Notre Dame was okay with him reopening his recruitment for whatever reason. To me, that's always one of the fascinating, can be one of the fascinating aspects of recruiting. You know, it's like Notre Dame, for lack of better term, seemed to kind of cool on him a little bit, despite even being committed. Yeah, who's about to produce potentially four NFL draft pick this week, you know, from last year's unit who likes this guy a lot, you know, and like it's sometimes it's the nuance between why does, you know, cause Notre Dame's produced how many offensive linemen in yeah, the last yeah. five or six years. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's like, where's the nuance, you know, where uh, Notre Dame's kind of like, okay, letting this guy go, but Michigan really wants him. You know, that's some of the stuff that I always find kind of fascinating. So, you know, Crippen 
yeah, he was committed to Notre Dame for a while. He showed up for, I believe, the season opener last year at Michigan uh, against Middle Tennessee. And at the time, we thought he was going to flip to Michigan quickly after that. Uh, he didn't. He reopened from Notre Dame, I want to say like a few weeks before he committed to Michigan, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but after he decommitted from Notre Dame, I think Michigan was it was a, pretty much a foregone conclusion. That's where he was going to go. Yes, he has more versatility than Anderson. I think that's kind of the key in there is that he's the guy who could play guard if necessary. Anderson, I don't see playing any position besides center. I think he's a center all the way. So, you know, Crippen's uh, versatility will probably allow him. I mean, those two, maybe those two will battle at center. You know, I just say with Anderson, he I don't see him playing anywhere else up front except in the middle. So, you know, that'll be an interesting dynamic there. But yeah, another four-star guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else he had offers from. I want to say Auburn and somebody else offered after he decommitted from Notre Dame. So there are a lot of other staffs out there who like, you know, what he has to do. And yeah, playing at a school like IMG, there's always going to be good film on a kid like that because they're playing against top-notch competition every weekend. So yeah, no, Ed Warner's done a really good job again this cycle. Last week, we uh, picked up a commit from kid from Mansfield, Massachusetts, TJ Guy. It was on the 17th of April. 6'4", 240, uh, a wide side defensive end. Talk about him for a minute. So far in the class, he's the kind of guy, he's the, what I would call sort of the sleeper guy of the class so far. I think he's he's a guy who, well, his last name's Guy. I shouldn't go, he's a guy. Um, <laughs> he's literally a guy. But uh, he's a player who I think really has a high ceiling uh, on the defensive side of the football. He's also somebody, Michigan, and this is one of those things is, you know, you see the the high rank, the four star type guys. Uh, every cycle, there's like two, like separate categories. There's there's the really really under ranked guys that Michigan. I feel like sort of, I want to say rolls the dice with, but kinda. Then there are like guys who Michigan legitimately believes are like top target level players. Trying to think like, well, DJ Turner was one in 2019 who was like a three star the entire cycle, but Michigan he was near the top of their cornerback board the entire the entire year. Jamon Green, same thing at cornerback the year before. Three-star guy the whole way, but Michigan loved him. This is sort of in that vein, more in that vein, where this is somebody who Michigan truly believes is a potential big-time guy up front. And so, you know, that that's where, you know, they've been on him for months. And he was committed to Boston College, kind of like Crippen, when he opened it back up, the only question was as long as Michigan would take him like that's where he was going to, that felt like that's where he was going to go. So our guys, you know, Bryce Merritt, who does a really good job uh, at Michigan Insider for us, was pretty much all over this one, got a good vibe that Michigan really was high on him. And, and, and yeah, so there was, it was interesting. Our national guy, Steve Wilfong actually dropped a note on our board a few days ago uh, from a different college coach who said that they think TJ guy is a future is an offensive lineman and said that if he switched to the offensive side of the ball and played offensive tackle, that he could play double-digit years in the NFL. Hmm. So, yeah, so at the very least, you're getting – like there, is the, there are others out there, many out there, Michigan obviously included, that think that he has like pro potential in some capacity. You know, My thought is if there's one college coach out there who thinks he can play in the pros on the offensive line and Michigan likes him that much on the defensive line, you know, they must really feel like he can play. So, hmm. uh, so yeah – of the guys they've taken so far, definitely would consider him sort of the sleeper of the class as far as a guy who I think could really outperform his rank. Well, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, the uh, Boston College must really not like Michigan. And... No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. earlier in April, on the 3rd of April, Michigan got a commit from Casey Finney, 
kid out of uh, Dedham, Massachusetts, a linebacker, inside linebacker, 6'1", 225, um, another really nice player, Steve. Yeah, so this one was uh, this was a surprise to us when it happened. You know, we've had a pretty good beat on the linebacker board. It was not a name we'd heard a lot of. I had to go back and look. Uh, Michigan was recruiting him as of, like, last October. That was the last time I had checked in with him. But they had been consistent in their contact with him, which, you know, September 1st each year is when you can actually, when the schools can contact junior prospects. So contact in October, good, good idea that they were still recruiting him. But not a name we'd heard a lot about. Uh, hadn't visited, hasn't visited Michigan yet. Still hasn't. And obviously, he's not going to anytime soon, or you know, in the next month or so. No. This is one, I guess, just strictly from a recruiting profile standpoint. When you see who offered, who was recruiting him, this is sort of one of those roll the dice type deals. I don't want that. To, I don't want that to sound like negative necessarily, because you know, again, I'm still in the idea that if Don Brown offers you, I think you. There's obviously something out there you can play. And I think his film, our our East Coast guy has left open the possibility that he would move up, you know, with a good senior season on film. He's kind of your classic inside, like, middle linebacker style guy. You know, I think the question will be, is he fast enough to play at a high level in the Big Ten? You know, because he's got a lot of really good traits on his film. Obviously, a thumper, not afraid to hit, you know, plays hard. And he's he's motivated, you know. I mean, that's the other thing with that's what stinks for some of these like guys who are lower ranked is you get the fans all get up in a tizzy, and you have you have him two days after he, you know, maybe childhood dream comes true, he commits to Michigan. He's already having to talk about proving the doubters wrong, which the doubters are the fans of the team that he just committed to. <laughs> uh, kind of stinks, you know. It's yeah. kind of a kind of a crappy feeling, I would think. So. You know, always root for those guys in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's clear as day. Now they're not they're not afraid. They think kids in Massachusetts can play. I mean, that's one of the, the if there's not if that hasn't been made crystal clear at this point, then it is now. I mean, they're not afraid to take go into a place where, you know, high school football isn't everything uh, or isn't scouted, you know, from top to bottom, and they're not afraid to go in and take a guy. Uh, they offered him two years ago. Now, offers can be committable. Sometimes they're not committable. And within those two years, you know, he didn't really pick up a lot of even the regional offers. Like, that's one where Boston College actually hadn't offered him a scholarship. So the detractors are, you know, are the natural question is, well, if Boston College, who, you know, to be honest, like Michigan, a higher caliber football program than Boston College is, you know, if they weren't interested enough to offer, like, what level guy is this? You know, so that's where the questions can kind of creep in. But again, I mean, they've done this every cycle. You look at Quiddy Pay at the time. Yeah, I think was rated very similarly. Similarly, um, again, not not a guarantee that he turns into an all this guy turns into an all Big Ten player like Quiddy Pay, but still some leeway when how they approach this type of deal. And then the other thing too that I always try to have to tell people is taking a commitment. Uh, taking this commitment specifically and, and a couple of the others are, are not affecting the pursuits of any of the other names that like people are maybe clamoring for, or, you know, really, really want to go after. So that's kind of the other thing is this is always, they're always going to take some chances from a recruiting ranking standpoint and B it never affects their, their, their uh, pursuit of like the top, top guys on the board that we're always writing about.
Well, the next kid, uh, and I'm not sure how you pronounce this uh, out of a uh, modern day in uh, Jersey, Dominic. Um, how do you pronounce that last name, Steve? Guiadice, I think. We talked about TJ Guy earlier. He is um, listed as a, a defensive end, and as we talked about, could play other places. Uh, but this kid is 6'4", 250. He's a defensive end. He committed on the 25th of March. How do you like him? So he's in that same vein as Finney, although I would even argue Finney a much more refined college prospect. This is another one we had never even had ever heard of him, to be honest. He was offered, I mean, the day he committed was the day he was offered a scholarship by the staff. So, you know, similar in that he lives 20 minutes from Piscataway, and to our knowledge, Rutgers hadn't, he hadn't camped there. They hadn't shown him, like, any kind of interest at all. Yeah, I mean, this this is, this one's the ultimate unknown of the guys that they've taken so far. Uh, the competition he plays, plays at the area of New Jersey he plays at. The competition's not, like, spectacular. Uh, so he can look dominant on film at times, but there is the question of competition. These are, again, I'm to the point now, these ones are the fascinating ones to me. Like, yeah. these, this is a guy, like, I'm really fascinated to see how this turns out because, like I said, it, and this is a gym, this was all, this was a 100%. I don't even know if this was a Don Brown as much as it was uh, a Jim Harbaugh call to go, uh, to go in and, and offer and take. Because you know, like I said, it's one thing to extend the offer. Uh, it's another to take on the same day from a kid that had never even seen campus. You know, yeah. uh, just And like I said, I think fans probably just have to get used to the fact that Harbaugh is going to do this every cycle like with one or two guys. You know, every, I feel like every year, get around this time of the year, maybe a little bit later, there are always a few guys in the class where you kind of have to be like, we didn't know a lot about this guy, you know, like, and that it's just a fact at this point. I mean, I think the pattern is clear enough now to where you just have to assume it's going to happen. He's got, he has the motor, he's got good motor skills, plays, he's got strong hands at the point of attack. I know that's one thing when we watched that we saw, but again, you know, just fascinating to me to, for Michigan to, you know, to take the, this early too, to take a commitment from somebody who really, you know, had not very high college interest from almost anybody. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and again, this is just a fact. That's not an opinion at all. I mean, you look at his recruiting profile, there were, I think he had a couple Mac offers, uh, which again, there are guys playing the Mac that get drafted high every year. So that's not a, you know, bad thing or anything, but just fascinating to me. I mean, like I said, these are the ones that I like to follow close when they get to campus and let's try to listen for and see if how they're performing and stuff. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's just uh, not affecting any of the top guys they're going after on the edge. So really just kind of a fun one, I think, to follow because I'm really, because again, another kid I'm sure who probably feels like he's got a lot of doubters uh, <laughs> in the own fan base that he committed to. So one, I'm also, one I'm excited to learn more about. We haven't really talked to him a ton since he committed, but that's one that we'll dig on and, and get a lot of good info on, I'm sure. Well, the last of the uh, nine verbals that we have uh, right now, Steve, is uh, Tommy Doman. He's out of uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, a punter. I think he's considered, I don't know if it's based on these kicking camps, but the number two punter in the country, is that right? I think so. I think is it Corn Blue, I think is usually who, I know we, it's funny, we've been wondering when they, when he committed, uh, why 24-7 doesn't, why we haven't put more effort into ranking specialists. Yeah. Uh, there's really no reason why we haven't. Right. And so, yeah, so always got to take, you got to take a specialist on scholarship. It's usually every two cycles or so. Uh, 
you know, I think Brad Robbins was in 18, like Nordine was in 16, Robbins was in 18. I mean, Hart's on scholarship now as well. But yeah, I mean, this is that's this is a necessity. I think people underestimate, you know, really, I think these commitments kind of get overlooked a little bit because how often you watch, I mean, special teams and the ability to punt the football is just so important, you know, in, in the in a long, you know, four quarter game. You know, so if you get one of the best guys in the country to do that, I don't see how it's much different than getting one of the best receivers or getting one of the best, you know, defensive ends or something like that. Because at the end of the day, these guys more often than not are going to play a, a huge role in, in a lot of big games, you know, with their ability to stretch the field and, and the flip field position potentially, that type of stuff. So, yeah, he was right in their backyard. I mean, he had a – he actually – I think he had double-digit scholarship offers. Most of them were not uh, – Big big time programs, but I mean there were some other, there were some good programs in there. I want to say honestly he had a couple ACC offers. Uh, I know Air Force had just offered, and then a lot of the regional area like MAC schools and that type of deal. But any any specialist who's picking up double digit scholarship offers is usually pretty legitimate. So you know I never look at any time they move forward with a specialist uh, as as far as the scholarship goes. Good indication that they can play or that, you know, that their mm-hmm. film so far proves that they can play. So yeah, quietly, uh, an underrated, the punter's never going to get talked about, you know, as far as the grand scheme of the class. But like I said, I, I always look at it. Like if you're getting the, one of the two or three best punters in the country in your class, it's not a ton different than getting one of the best guys at any other position on the field. Cause it is an important position. Here with us on our game day segment this week, as we once again, talk about recruiting, which is uh, popping right now. Is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. So we've just talked about the nine verbal commits we have so far in this class of 21. There are so many others out there, offers, undecided. I just picked uh, some names, well, actually about nine or ten names, that I get questions about a lot from listeners. Number one is Donovan Edwards, uh, running back, West Bloomfield, 5'11", 193. And, of course, we heard a lot of talk about Donovan Edwards in Ohio State recently until their last commit. Is your crystal ball still on Michigan for this kid, Steve? Uh, Actually, I'd have to check. I don't think I have a crystal ball oh, okay. on him right now. I might have done the thing like a month ago where I wrote that I was putting in a crystal ball, but then I never put it in. Because okay. I, I always like to put them in, and then I don't tell, I don't publicly post it because I like our subscribers to get like a little bit of a scoop off of it. And then I, a lot of times I just forget to put it in. Like, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have so many more correct if I'd actually just put the stupid thing in after I say I'm going to put it in. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan, Georgia, so the, the – what will be interesting here to me is because uh, Michigan, I think you'd argue, especially from a perception standpoint, he's yeah, he's the number one guy on the board. I mean, he's the borderline five-star back right in your backyard. They need running backs. You know, they've gotten the two guys they wanted the last two cycles in Charbonnet and Corum, but those are the only two they've signed. Uh, they need it's – it's actually a pretty big need. Despite, you know, going into this season right now, they have a young, a really young and really talented room. You, you need bodies there you know, from a depth standpoint. So in that regard, I think he's probably the top target on their, on their recruiting board period, you know, yeah, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio state were the ones, you know, and then Ohio state picked up two running backs within like a seven or eight day span. I don't think Ohio state's an option anymore. So if you continue to hear Michigan and Georgia, it'll be interesting. What'll be a bigger deal to me is if you start to see like other programs kind of enter the mix. Cause then I think doubt will maybe start to creep in is that maybe he just doesn't want to go to Michigan, not trying to plant any seeds of doubt or anything. Cause I know Michigan's going all out. You know, if you force me to choose, I still think they just end up getting him. They just need him too badly. They're right in the backyard. 
he'd have a legit chance to play early, I would think. Uh, you know, so – and plus, you know, George has gotten so many running backs the last couple cycles. It's like just even from the depth chart standpoint, you know, I don't see how you would choose Michigan over Georgia right now. but um, Or how you choose Georgia over Michigan. But, uh, yeah, so it'll be an interesting one. He, You know, I think he's going to slow things down like a lot of kids are. There's, there's two things going on right now. Either guys are getting, in my opinion, bored and committing to schools or – they're just slowing the process way, way down and kind of waiting to see if there's a season, if they can take official visits, like that type of deal. So, but yeah, West Bloomfield, five-star back, Michigan's got to be involved, right? So, you know, it's going to be an interesting one, though. I think, yeah, this is the type of recruitment, though, that if he goes elsewhere, Michigan's going to get a lot of flack for not closing the deal. Even if they end up signing, like, two backs that they really, really like, you know, still, if they still get two of their top guys at the position to finish out, if one of them's not him, they're going to catch a lot of flack for it because, you know, the idea that you need a back and you have one right in your backyard who's are in our rankings, the number two in the country, how do you not get oh, yeah. that guy? To me, he's a must-get for Michigan, so yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But another kid, I think, that's uh, right up there with fans locally that have seen him play, really wanting to commit is Rocco Spindler, uh, 6'5", 290. Offensive guard from Clarkston, Michigan, just north of Detroit. I think he tweeted or somehow messaged the other day, Steve, that he is really impressed with Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Michigan. Any indication where he might be leaning of those three? I'd still be surprised if it wasn't Notre Dame or Michigan. Penn State, I know, was trying to push to, uh, you know, and yeah, Ohio State has quietly been hanging around in this one, and that's, you know, always a cause for concern or, or reason for pause with the level that they're recruiting at right now, but just based on how this has played out and, and the amount of effort, you know, I feel like Michigan, I feel like Michigan, Notre Dame, I would place at the top two. That's just what we've been told and have felt for months. This would be one where I think Michigan fans may be a little frustrated. There's a couple of recruitments out there like this right now. I think three or four months ago, I would have considered him a, a super heavy lean to Michigan. That lead, I think has kind of slipped away a little bit, not saying that, that they may still lead. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I think there's more doubt now than there was. You know, Notre Dame has done a really good job. Well, we talked earlier about Crippen, where both these programs have kind of produced some good offensive linemen. But if, you, if you're honest, between Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, two of the best interior linemen in the NFL right now played for Notre Dame, and they were there within the last five years. You know, I mean, they have a very, very strong pitch to somebody in his position. So I don't know what the question will be as far as – because Notre Dame, Michigan, we, we notice recruit a lot of the same type of players. Does it come down to the whole – because the campus is as similar as they are academically and their, with their approach in recruiting and trying to take high academic guys or guys that are focused on academics, their campuses are wildly different. So it's always interesting to see who prefers – what over the other i mean in my opinion they are i mean notre dame to me just feels like it's 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 a straight up private school feel you know in the middle of nowhere and ann arbor is much more of your classic college town right so you know it's always interesting if that makes a difference or not because it is i think there are certain kids gravitate towards each one yeah it'll be interesting i mean but yeah he's right up there with edwards i think you know as far as just from a perception standpoint i mean we just talked about you know michigan's got three guys right now all ranked four star who could play in the Two will will play interior line. The other one could in El Hadi potentially. They already got pretty good stuff going on in the in the interior line. But I mean, if they miss Spindler, then all of a sudden it's a failure, you know. So 
you know, it'll just be interesting to see how they close. But I, I still think Michigan or Notre Dame. I'd be surprised if Ohio State or Penn State was the choice at the end of the day. Well, another uh, kid that I get a lot of emails on, another local guy is uh, Jamari Budden, uh, outside linebacker from Belleville, uh, outstanding program just off 94, west of Detroit. Uh, six two two ten. Are we in pretty good shape with this kid, Steve? So he's the other one I was talking about with the, if you'd asked me three or four months ago, he's one I would have even gone further then with Spindlers, like I think Budden was as close to a lock as you can get. But his is one where the lead has definitely slipped away too. Uh, and this for this one, it's Penn State. And, and what's been interesting about this one is, so Penn State picked up three commitments from kids in the in the Detroit area in the last month. They got the King twins out of Cast Tech, Kalen and Kobe. Kalen, a cornerback who Michigan really, really liked. And then Kobe, uh, inside linebacker type. And then Jalen Reed out of Detroit King, who we have as ranked as a four-star prospect, 24-7 sports, but Michigan uh, did not offer. The kid did not. Not very happy that Michigan did not offer a scholarship. Hmm. It's probably putting it mildly, actually. Um, <laughs> and so now Penn State has three guys that I think he's that Budden is relatively close with who are not just in his ear about going to Penn State, but are in his ear about, you know, bad about Michigan, negatively about Michigan specifically. So I think this has turned into a really intense Michigan-Penn State battle. You know, Budden, again, another guy that's been a top target for them for a long time, you know, is, I think is sort of their top target at that Viper spot. And I actually think just from his, his ability, the way his film looks and stuff, he's one of the better, like, just classic I think he fits that Viper spot better than a lot of the guys they've recruited in the past because some of them have been athletic but maybe a little undersized. I think he's got a little more of both. I think he's got the size and the athleticism to play that position at a pretty high level. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is one for sure. Now, I do have a crystal ball in there. Uh, this is one three or four months ago I would have said, you know, if you'd asked me the top five guys most likely to commit to Michigan, he'd have been in there somewhere for sure. But now I think it's in somewhat doubt. This one would be interesting to me because, like yeah. I said, Penn State has really made the Detroit area a major priority. I know one of their assistants, uh, Tim Banks, I believe is from Detroit and I believe played at Detroit King, if I'm not mistaken. So they do have a guy from the area, you know, that's really putting in a lot of effort. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of sort of been a thorn in their side. And and so it'll be interesting with Button. But, yeah, Michigan-Penn State for sure. He's still, I mean, he's interested in other programs, but it's, I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of those two. Well, Belleville High School, as uh, most of us know in the Metro Detroit area, has really, over the last decade, I think it's fair to say an elite program and a lot of uh, D1 talent coming out of there. Another kid that we're in on, I don't know if I wrote this down right, but is it Ramir Lewis? They're not really recruiting him, Mike. Because I know he's, well, he's a big kid, boy, 6'7", 330, <laughs> but really yeah. big kid, so yeah. he's, he's one I get questions on, too. The other one I haven't heard a lot of talk about lately is uh, Rayshon Benny, 6'5", 270. Okay. He, offensive tackle from Oak Park. Where are we with this kid? Michigan's recruiting Benny at defensive tackle. So, yeah, he's listed as an offensive tackle on our site. And I, I want to say the vast majority of schools that are recruiting him are recruiting him offensively. Michigan kind of going against the grain a little bit. And as you know, anybody who's a cover of talk about or read a Michigan recruiting site in the last year is like, Michigan needs to take 18 defensive tackles this cycle to, you know, it's ridiculous. The overreaction to them not recruiting like four defensive tackles every cycle, but it is, it's still, it is a legit need in this class though. And Benny probably the one or number one or two guy for them at that position, you know, Oak park, there's been a lot of 
talk about how Michigan has had problems getting the elite guys out of Belleville. You know, you talk about yeah. Dobbs, Barnett. Yeah. They're not going to they're not going to get Damon Payne. Actually, quietly, Oak Park is another program where Michigan has not recruited their elite talent very well. As a matter of fact, I feel like Michigan, it's almost to the point where Michigan does not really recruit a lot of the Oak Park kids super hard for whatever reason. You know, you look last cycle, they, they kind of recruited Justin Rogers. You know, he's a really highly ranked guy, but they did, but they didn't. Marquand McCall, same deal a couple cycles ago. They did recruit Malik Carr for a decent amount last year, but then that cooled off really, really quickly. But with Benny, it's different. Benny is a the guy they've, they're recruiting big time. His recruitment's been kind of a mystery. I had to do a piece on the free press about his recruitment, and they asked me, like, I'm supposed to predict where they're going to go. Uh, I could not, in good faith, like, actually predict because I don't I don't think there's really any serious indication of where he's going to go. I, I, the four schools that we hear the most about are Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and then Iowa, who quietly, I think, is a legitimate factor. You know, if you throw those four schools in there, you think, oh, Iowa's got to be four. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that here. I think he's got a legitimate interest there. So be a good test for Sean Nua, you know, because, again, he basically the Michigan approached him and asked him what side of the ball he wanted to play on. Mm-hmm. And he actually so he told them he played preferred defense. So your thought is, again, highly ranked in-state guy. Michigan does need defensive tackles, despite my joke about taking 18 a cycle. <laughs> uh, they do need them. The depth chart is right there. You'd think that it's a perfect match. But right. – I don't think it's a slam dunk by any means. I think it's going to be, this one will be interesting. You know, what's, what's kind of crazy is, you know, I think he's top. I think we, he got a huge bump in the last rank. He's a top 150 guy. Ohio state may not have room for him. That's how high, that's how well they're recruiting up front on both sides right now is that they may not have room for him. And he's got 35 offers and is ranked in the top 150. That's really a big question on their end about it. Cause I think Ohio state would be right there near the top. if not at the top if they had the room. So you know, and then, like I said, you got Penn State, who's like growing a presence in Detroit. I think Tim Banks is the name of the assistant. I forgot earlier, uh, but he is from Detroit, so they're a factor too. Uh, but this one, I think, is kind of co- completely up in the air. Mom seems to really like Michigan, though. I think that might matter. But yeah, it's just an interesting that Oak Park never really gets mentioned a lot when it comes to you know people want to criticize Michigan's in-state recruiting and not getting enough of the top top guys. But and it's always about Belleville. It's been very similar at Oak Park. You know, Enzo Jennings, he was the one committed to Penn State and signed with them last cycle. Michigan really didn't even recruit him for whatever reason. Odd situation at Oak Park, but Benny is a big-time target for them, and I would argue probably their number one tackle, uh, defensive tackle target for sure. Well, I have a couple of uh, Grand Rapids listeners who are just uh, really on me about this Jace Williams, the wide receiver, who they think he's a great player. Uh, 6'3", 185, sort of that long, lean receiver I think that Michigan wants some more of. I haven't seen much on him or heard much about him, but what do you think of this kid? So I like him. Well, he's got about 15, 17 offers. I think he's got close to 20 offers. Now, actually, it's interesting you brought him up. He's the type of guy that this virus deal may really hurt. Because I, he's the type of kid I'm convinced is, is one that Michigan would have invited to their camp and that that's where he would have had his by far his best shot to earn an offer from the staff. Because you're right, they they are looking much more at the outside type receivers this cycle. You know, they've loaded up on guys on the inside. You know, the the Hennings and yeah. the Sainra Stills and the Giles Jackson type guys. They want to get longer on the at the receiver position this cycle. He's a to me, he's a perfect example. Couldn't have asked, couldn't have brought up a better example really of somebody who 
probably could have camped, would have camped at some of these bigger programs this summer and probably earned a few more offers with Michigan being a possibility. But now with these camps in flux, unless they just push the calendar back and hold camps like in the late summer or early fall, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they would do it or whatever, but that he's the kind of guy I think that these, this situation really could possibly hurt because again, he's got a, he's already has some legit offers and will have a place to go no matter what. When you talk about Michigan or uh, Penn State or Notre Dame type deals, I don't think he has any of those three. You know, th- that's the type of situation where it stinks for a guy like that because yeah. I think Michigan. I I know that. Well, I mean, obviously they are well aware of what happened with GRCC with with Jalen Mayfield, right? So that uh, he's definitely a kid on their radar. So yeah, would have been a guy like because right now their wide receiver board seems relatively set. Um, you know, and he's not a guy that we've heard a lot about. Michigan wise, but I oh, I guarantee he's a guy that they would have asked to camp. And that when that happened in camp, they've usually gotten like at least one commitment from their summer camp almost every year. And so, you know, he's the kind of guy again with double digit offers, multiple Big Ten offers. You know, is a guy I think would have been in. Not I'm not going to say he was going to go in and get an offer for sure, but he's a guy that would have competed for one for sure. Now that they're not happening, it's kind of like all they'll have to go off of is the same junior film that they probably already evaluated, you know? So that's where it kind of, that's where it kind of gets stinky for a lot of the the guys who maybe want to get those next tier offers, you know, where it's like from the school standpoint, it's like, well, we already evaluated what we have. We can't see, you know, a lot of times working one-on-one personally with a kid can really make a big difference in learning what their ability is and, you know, what they can offer. But, um, but yeah, so they can like, Sounds like it feels like a I think Northwestern, I think, is a school I feel like yeah. I've met, heard yeah. mentioned with him a lot, right? So, you know, either way, I think he's he's going to play football in the Big Ten. I just, if, if I was to guess right now, yeah, I wouldn't say it'd be Michigan. Well, we talked about the running back deal. I mean, right now the running back room's very talented. Of course, we'd like to get Donovan Edwards. There's another running back in Michigan, I, I get questions on, Tyus Anthony. He's from over in Portage Northern, and not a school that I, I think we've recruited much at, a uh, nice area of the state. Six foot, two hundred and eight pound running back again from Portage Northern. I don't know much about this kid, Steve. What do you think? Michigan's been in contact there a while ago. Probably, honestly, probably in a really similar spot where he would have been. He definitely would have been asked to camp this summer. Now he's one I know that Michigan's been in contact with, and they like him. The question I was wondering is if Michigan State's new staff was going to offer him because he had a scholarship offer under D'Antonio's staff, and I'm not sure if Tucker's staff has offered him again yet. I'd have to look. But another guy where, yeah, I mean, I know Michigan likes him, actually. I could say that for a fact. I just, he's not a guy they were looking to offer yet. And and as a guy, again, I mean, would have been perfect for a camp situation or a senior film type deal. I would almost have bet he'd have gotten invited to home games or will get invited to home games this year. So he's a name I wouldn't put away for Michigan necessarily. I, I just, but they do have their top board set. You talk about Donovan Edwards, yeah. uh, you talk about Corey Kiner out of Cincinnati, you talk about AJ Green out of Tulsa is another kid there. They love Prophet Brown way out in Elk Grove, California, another guy they're really high on. So, you know, they have like a pretty set board. They just offered a other uh, three or four other guys a couple weeks ago too, that they really like. But um, he's again, those in-state guys who are like kind of on the cusp are guys that almost always are asked to camp. And then, then they go from there with it and see. So he's a good running back though. I, I remember watching his film. I mean, it's been a while, but I did watch his film after I found out that Michigan had evaluated him. And uh, he also looks like a big 10 caliber player. So I, I suspect 
again, like Jace, he'll play and he'll be playing in the Big Ten in some capacity. It'll just be a matter of where. I just I couldn't say like it's going to be Michigan though for sure right now. Well, another uh, kid that's a long, lean receiver type, and we just talked about uh, Jace Williams is uh, Andrew Anthony from East Lansing. He's six two. 175. Another kid I haven't heard a lot about, Steve. I get quite a few emails on him. Talk about what you think of him. So he's a legit target for them. He, We've had him listed as top target for a while. Uh, I know when the winter evaluation period came, I think it was all three of Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, Josh Gaddis, all went and watched him play basketball at East Lansing High School. His is another one that's going to be really interesting. Again, East Lansing, under D'Antonio's staff, Michigan would have beaten them for his services. But with a new staff in there, you always got to kind of wonder, they're going to obviously make him a huge priority. That'll be interesting. He's he also he's another one that likes Penn State. Penn State seems to be recruiting him pretty hard. Minnesota, too. This is one where Minnesota is actually, I think, a little bit of a factor with P.J. Fleck, who they've actually been recruiting at a pretty high level so far this cycle. I mean, Fleck was a great recruiter at Western Michigan, kind of starting to turn into that at Minnesota. He's recruiting some pretty high-level guys. And then also Notre Dame is another one. I'm not 100% sure how high Notre Dame is on him right now, but I do know that they're involved. But for Michigan, I mean, he's, yeah, he's right up there near the top. I'd say he's the top two or three target for them at receiver right now. Uh, Guys like Xavier Worthy out of Fresno, California, another one they really, really like. Uh, A few other guys too. So, you know, I don't know. That's that's one I couldn't call right now. Like kind of another one where I think the early feel was Michigan, but not in the same vein as say like we talk about with Button or something like that. There was never a, never felt like it was imminent that he was going to commit. Just felt like he was maybe feeling Michigan a little bit more than the other schools. Uh, but his seems kind of open at this point. And and yeah, you know, Penn State, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. Maybe Notre Dame. Well, these are just a few of the undecideds uh, we've offered, Steve, that I get the most email about, so I threw them out there. But I know there, there are, we have plenty of offers out there. Uh, who are some of the other undecideds uh, we are in on that you think we have a good chance of landing? Uh, a couple guys. There's uh, David David Koff out of New Trier, Illinois, is a top 100 offensive lineman. I'd say that's Michigan or Iowa. Right now, Wisconsin probably still involved. I think Ohio State is too, but I, I, Michigan or Iowa seem to be leading the pack there. Like I see, we talked about earlier, Ed Warner just doing an amazing job. I mean, we went into the cycle thinking Michigan would probably take four offensive linemen at most. They're in such a good spot with so many guys, we, we could actually see them taking six right now and basically solidifying their offensive line for the next four years. I mean, because you think about what they took in 19 with the six guys they got there, and then they took three that they liked last cycle. That's what, 15 guys in three classes? I mean, that's a statement to solidify yourself up front for the foreseeable future. You know, they they would not increase a number like four to six unless they felt really good about the guys that they were taking. So, so yeah, uh, he's one. Uh, Talked a little bit about A.J. Green out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, I think is a running back that they really, really like. Speedster fits Gaddis' scheme perfectly. You know, obviously yeah. Oklahoma involved there, Oklahoma State. I think, I don't know if LSU is the other school. There's a few other programs, too. Um, but Michigan's been on him like crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, what safety. I know the kid named Donovan McMillan mm-hmm. out of Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. We just bumped him up to a four-star ranking. He was sitting at a three-star for a while. We we I knew. We knew he was a four-star level guy. I mean, he's got 38 offers, 39 offers or something. Bob Shoup's actually, I think, done one of the things he was similar. Actually, so far, it's not quite the same, but when Warner got hired, 
the knock on Warner is that he was a awesome, like in one of the top three or four position coaches in the country, or at least top three or four offensive line coaches in the country, but that he wasn't really a grinder on the recruiting trail. Yeah. It's kind of the same deal we heard with Shoop, you know, because really what, two years ago, Mississippi state had the number three defense in the country when he was DC. I mean, in my opinion, Michigan hired a basically a second defensive coordinator to their staff. I mean, he's a guy can coach question was he wasn't really an aggressive recruiter. He was on John Jansen's podcast and basically said that he knew being in an assistant role that he had to pick it up big time on the recruiting trail. And so far he has uh, with McMillan being one of the main guys. Another kid is Ryan Barnes out of Gaithersburg, Maryland, plays at Quince Orchard, which is a really good high school program out there. Michigan actually just offered his younger brother yesterday. It was his first offer, which is a dead giveaway that Michigan really wants his bro- yeah. the older brother. I mean, no offense to the younger kid who may end up being a legitimate prospect, but, but if you're, if you know, if we know where you're after a guy and then you're the first scholarship offer for his younger brother, that's as good an indication as you're going to get that they really want this kid. So Ryan Barnes, another name to look at at defensive back Tyreek chapel out of Philly, a guy that Mike Zordich naturally, you know, a lot of experience in Philly is after I think Michigan somewhere in the top five there trying to think anywhere else tight end we thomas fedone actually probably named to mention yeah. uh, number one tight end in the country he's been their number one target at the position the whole cycle uh other great i've thrown more michigan actually offered him really early and now he's number one tight end in the country i don't think he, i think he was like an 87 or something when they offered him now he's like close to a five star uh you know so great evaluation there by the michigan staff michigan nebraska iowa notre dame penn state I think I think LSU is actually the other school in his top six. Uh, so yeah, I mean those are some of the names. It's it's uh, been an interesting class. You know, I think you took the first day. The first two commitments were top 100 guys. I think the excitement that it was going to be like a super highly ranked class was there. I know I thought the same. They actually are still in on way more top 100 type guys than they usually are, in my opinion. Yeah. From a ranking, rating, and like average standpoint, I feel like it's still probably going to hover somewhere around the top 10 just because they're taking guys that aren't highly ranked. That's just, that's just what it is. They've always done that. They don't care where a kid's ranked. They're going to take him. And we talked about a few guys earlier that they don't, they're not one bit concerned about that. I think people with that in mind, maybe want to readjust their expectations that Michigan's ever going to sign like the, the number two class in the country or anything, because they're always going to seem to take a couple guys that are really lowly ranked just because they, they feel like they can turn them into players. So, and that hurts. I mean, that's just a fact. Those numbers hurt that recruiting ranking for whatever reason, good or bad, but it does. Right. And that, but again, Michigan doesn't seem to care. And I don't really think they should. And as of this morning, uh, this class pretty much ranked number 11 nationally everywhere. I think number four in the big 10, which may be more concerning. A lot of my listeners though, seem to be, you know, bummed with that ranking. I hear about that, but we compare everything with Ohio state, our recruiting fans. So it's a good class right now, but it still does have the potential to be a top 10 class easily, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's like, you know, we talk about guys like Edwards, Spindler, um, David Koff. Uh, There's six, seven guys hovering around the top 150 that Michigan is big time threat for. You know, and if they even get, say there's seven, I don't know how many exactly there are, but if they get four of those guys even, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a more, a higher, a class that's ranked higher than last year's class which I, I think they love last year's class so i would just say to stop comparing it to ohio state yeah, right yeah. now i mean just i mean it's just a it's just a fact i mean what they're doing right now is it's for whatever reason it's it's crazy i mean it's unprecedented in the big 10 so need to stop 
comparing it to Ohio State for a while, see where things go and just go from there. It's strictly from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, they're putting together an amazing class right now. There's just no other way to put it. So, you know, we've talked about this before. There's a concentrated group of like five schools right now. They're recruiting at a just a much higher level than everybody else. You've got Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU kind of in that mix now too, I think. And then every cycle there's one or two programs that recruit like a really, really good class. I think Florida's one who's in line and maybe join that group this cycle. Oregon. Oregon has capitalized on USC and UCLA being garbage um, and have recruited the West Coast really, really well. Ironic thing, take it for whatever it's worth, almost all those programs are led by former Nick Saban assistants. It's always kind of interesting to me. You got Cristobal at Oregon. I mean, Dabo coached at Alabama. I think he played at Alabama. Kirby Smart, obviously the direct connection. You know, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Is Tennessee's recruiting better than they have in a really long time? It's always interesting to me. All these programs are led by uh, guys who coach under Saban, you know, so um, kind of interesting stuff. But, but yeah, as far as what Ohio State's doing, I would Michigan is not going to catch them from strictly a recruiting ranking standpoint anytime soon, in my opinion. That's just a fact. Well, a last question for you, Steve, and it's uh, the one I get the most often. I think everyone is asking, and I have no clue, but how long do you think it will be before we get some direction or a decision or a plan on what kind of a college football season we might have? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, random Michigan recruiting guy will have the best answer possible, right? Uh, no, I mean, I suspect it's got to be sometime you're setting contingency plans, that type of deal. It's got to be sometime in the near future, you would think. There'd be at least be some, you know, they can't cobble it together at the last minute, you know. So I would I would suspect, I don't know, maybe by this time next month, there'd be a clearer picture of what the potential college football season might look like. I mean, you got to think that that's, with all the money on the line and, you know, the with how important this is and, and a lot of other, you know, it's like, you know that they're at least trying to hash out you know, what can we do? How can it be done? Like right now, probably literally as we speak, you know, so I would suspect sometime before the actual summer hits that we'll have some kind of idea of where this might go. That's my guess. As always, it is great to have our guest today, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports with a lot of good information. And Steve, uh, we look forward to our next visit soon. Uh, no problem, Mike. Thanks to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for being our guest today. He is simply the best when it comes to Michigan football recruiting news, and he will be back next month with another update. Don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Our free show app is available in the Google Play and iTunes stores and can also be heard on iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and Radio.com. That will do it for now. Thanks for taking time to listen. And once again, be safe and stay positive. Spring is here, sort of, uh, in most areas of the country. And stay at home will be ending in the next few weeks. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care. And as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. 
The Michigan Man podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!